0: Hello, and welcome to Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo. with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the Mancy. <laughs> Alessandro Balesi. <laughs> Say hello, Al. Hello. Uh, this The flick for this week's episode is going to be Dunkirk, something that I've been waiting for for quite some time. Um, but first, Al. What are we drinking? Actually, what is it that you have poured so terribly into my glass?
1: Again, it's all you about trying to get savage. the sound of the pouring in there. And for those of you wondering about sound and hearing things, There was uh, a struggle at the beginning of this. That's M as in Nancy, not <laughs> N as in Nancy. In case you were wondering. <laughs> Fact. I was. I was. Act- I, thought you, I thought you were. Gonna-
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about how uh, horrible you opened that bottle. Oh, yeah. yeah um, you had some trouble.
1: Yeah, this one it's like a 50-50 proposition. Sometimes it just bends it. like You can see it bends yeah. it way back. And uh-huh. It didn't actually didn't peel pop. it off.
0: Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't have like a wide enough pull because it pulls one of those little tabs yeah, open. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's got to get it right by 50%. It's just not doing
0: that. 50% of the time. Every time.
1: Every time. <laughs> that mansy joke's an archer deep cut for those of you fans out there. Um, I was just about to do the greasy That's okay. Don't, don't but be, that's Don't, 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 your don't beer? you
0: put your nose grease in my beer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was going to be forehead grease out of respect. But no, I stopped doing it because I realized... <laughs> out of respect. Yeah, exactly. I realized it was your glass. I was like, oh. Fair. I'll let him do his own greasy forehead on that. That works. Sorry, I'm just trying to double it up. Uh, oh, this is
0: good. This is good.
1: I did not expect this beer to be this foamy. This is actually yeah. not all me. This is a... That's, it's, it's mostly you. I'm going to go 50-50. Oh... Well, because I try and give it an energetic pour 60, so you can 40. hear it on the microphone, because I like that effect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, can you see this? You see how chunky this beer is?
0: I do. Um, chunky, not a word I approve of.
1: It's because it's barrel-aged. When
0: considering my beers. Uh, it's
1: because it's a barrel-aged beer. Um, so you
0: definitely got some stuff.
1: It's gonna, And it's also it's gonna likely unfiltered.
0: Floating around.
1: Uh, we'll find out whether it, it was doesn't... filtered or not when I read the whole thing. Um, because if it was filtered, then that probably is a bit concerning.
0: hmm <laughs> All right, so this is going to be one of those rare occasions. You know what, you, why don't you go ahead and tell us what this beer is, because uh, it's going to be a little while before we could drink it. You,
1: you want to do the honors? Just reach across. It, yeah. and uh, the, that's otherwise, fine. I'm not getting the beer in there.
0: That's fine. Go ahead. Don't what, worry, guys. What, 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 are we, what are we going to be drinking? Let's put it that way.
1: So, we will be drinking Stone Brewing's Stochasticity Project Hi-Fi Lo-Fi Mixtape.
0: This is the second of this. This is the second Stochasticity
1: yeah. beer that we've done. What was, the, what was the
0: first episode we did with it? Graniac. No, but what was, the, what was the flick? Do you recall?
1: Uh, I don't. You do have the notes in front of you. You should be able to figure it out. I could probably figure that out. Pretty quickly. Um, I'm trying to remember like the title, because I know I put Graniac in the title. Yeah. And I can't remember which one it is now. Yeah. Um, so this is a blend of fresh and barrel-aged ales. So, to refresh... You're a
0: blend. Sorry.
1: Okay. To refresh, <laughs> Stochasticity. There's no happenstance or coincidence dumb luck is a fallacy and randomness a commonly accepted mistruth much of what seemingly falls into place yet seems so natural as a result of stochasticity a concept embraced and exalted by this special and unpredictable series of beers where exotic notions ingredients and ideas coalesce at an interesting and often unexpected endpoint so for the specifics of this one fresh and vintage tracks combine for the perfect liquid playlist even before the science playlist. of beer... Yeah.
0: Is is our second beer...
1: Yeah, our second... Related uh, to music. Playlist-related beer. Yeah. Even before the science of beer was fully understood, those seeking to present the finest iteration of an ale had their ways of ensuring flavors and textures that were a cut above. In Britain, pub owners kept stock ales on hand, beers that had been left in, to mature in vats or oak barrels. During this aging period, the beers would mellow and occasionally develop a twinge of tartness these publicans, never heard that word before, were unaware of the oxidative or microbiological reasons for such changes, but found that blending some of their stock ales with fresh beers, which tended to be overly bitter and smoky, made ideal quaffs for their patrons. For this beer, we've taken a page from this tale of British pub life and blended a stock ale aged more than 3 months in oak foundries. Nope, that's not how that I don't know what this word is. It looks French. <laughs> F O U D R E S. Foodrus? <laughs> <Foodra>? Foudre?
0: <F-f-f-foudris>. Fo <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, they are large wooden fermentation vessels, more commonly used by vintners, with a fresh version of that beer to create a perfect harmony. I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna pause you right there. I'm gonna guess it's Foodrus. L- yeah, probably because uh, the first result was Foodrus for Thought. <laughs> <laughs> Craftbeer.com <laughs>
1: I wish you had been like six seconds though, because I was like eight words from being done reading.
0: Oh, but it's so much fun to interrupt you
1: <laughs> with a fresh version of that beard. It's gonna be right there. A perfect Continue. harmony, <laughs> spanning end to end on the taste spectrum. So this uses. I like they give you a little bit of. I think I mentioned this last time as well. Uh, they give you a little bit more of the uh, info about what went into making this. Okay. The malt varieties used are pale two-row malt, English pale, mild ale. Bryce, and Amber. The aging vessel was Oak Fugers. Which we've now have decided that's the commonly accepted uh, <laughs> pronunciation. Uh, the hop varieties are Apollo, UK Target, and Willamette. Uh, Willamette's a pretty well-known...
0: Did you read anything about the filtering?
1: Uh, I didn't see anything on there about filtering. Um, I'm assuming, though, since... We're talking about a stock ale aged in wooden casks, and that was the comment I gave you to begin with. That um, that's more than likely okay. debris from the cask. Debris.
0: Agents. Debris. We were about to take a sip. I had Al pour the rest of the beer into my glass. And oh, and it doesn't say it on here, but I looked it up. We've been reset earlier. once again.
1: I I took. I looked it up earlier just to see the whole thing. It is a strong ale, is what it is. The style of beer that they're calling this. It well, is. Is that
0: just hype? Eight point eight percent. Is that? That yeah, what uh, it is it, now? that's
1: a large component of it, but uh, the typically very malt forward beers um, takes a big
0: guy to lift the keg.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, I it's, get a, it. it's a multi it. <laughs> it's a it's a malty beer. It's not like an IPA really. There may be some residual b- bitterness to it, but it's mm-hmm. um it's a big aggressive multi
0: Every time you say the word malt, I want whoppers. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, it's got pretty cool artwork on it. I thought Yeah. Um,
0: Let's take, a look at the this. Stone Let's take a look at the, the sucker. I haven't tra- commented on our work in a while.
1: Trademark Stone Demon, but it's in that like filtered like purple and black like coloration. I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Well, what's cool about it is it's actually sound waves. Yes. I like that a lot.
1: Which makes sense for the mixtape thing. Yeah. High five, that's high.
0: actually really cool. Oh, I, I dig it. Me too.
1: Now that we have beer in our glasses, um, yeah, I be all the beers out of the bottle. Be, I should be able to
0: take a sip of it. Let's uh, cheers and take a sip. Take a big mouthful of foam here. Cheers.
1: That is aggressive.
0: Yep. I would I would definitely call that strong.
1: <laughs> that is a strong ale.
0: It's uh it's, it's very alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very they weren't, they, weren't, they weren't lying. No, they were not.
1: <laughs> um First first sip, you, you know what more. You it's one a more complex sip. beer. I can understand why you may need a couple sips to Kind of come up with a
0: verdict on this one. Um, it's
1: okay. I like it. Um, but it is a, it's the type of beer that you're gonna have one.
0: Yeah. Um, it would kind and not. Of- and I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually not saying even in a sitting. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get this again. <laughs> I, I don't. It's not that I. I don't hate it. I could. I could easily. I'll easily drink this. Yeah. This one glass of it. But I'm not gonna go out looking for it.
1: That's fair. I'm uh but you don't regret the experience?
0: I don't regret the experience. I I won't welcome it again. Okay. <laughs> I just you know Sounds
1: like you don't like it. I don't hate it. <laughs> can I
0: can I put it that way?
1: I mean I I kinda like it. It's something that like I would need like some space for. I think you know, especially a lot of strong elves. <laughs> <need L's>. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh it's a, it's something that you would drink more in the winter. Mm. It's like a hearty, warming
0: I could get I can get behind that.
1: Like this would be nice, like December in front of a fire. Maybe have one on a Friday night, you know, watching a movie or something.
0: I like the flavors that are in there. I like some of them. I don't like that the first thing. It's like, oh, like alcohol, like just like that alcohol flavor and sensation in my nose. I don't. I can yeah. that. Um, I don't care for that. That
1: does kind of play into the warming thing, though. It's got even a little bit of some some fruity notes to it. Maybe it's mostly. Yeah. It's very I malt mean, it, forward. I mean, it's there's sweet. a little bit it is fruity sweet. in there. Yeah. yeah. Which you'll get some residual sweetness to it too with um, like a highly alcoholic beer. A lot of times, uh, if it's not something that's super bitter that has a like a black patent type of malt or a lot of hopping to put a cap on how sweet it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Since this is mold forward, it, it lets it kind of run away with the sweetness.
0: I'm going to give this a two out of five.
1: It's a odd choice. It's
0: a scale that I'm deciding on right this second. So it's the first time the, you've done this in, in the like moment, like
1: that. Up up until now, it's been.
0: Good. I or think you're, I we'll think drink you're, again. I think you're, yeah, and this doesn't fall, or those.
1: this is liquid banana, <laughs> or
0: would we'll not drink again, <laughs> why am I drinking runs okay. uh, but, uh, it, this beer
1: is way saltier than I expected,
0: <laughs> I will tell you this, it's no lager boss, <laughs> I did have to just look around the computer to remember the name of it, but it's fine, um, I already missed the beer from my last episode. Right? Yeah, it's still good. Anyway, this is it's okay. Uh, I, I can see why people would like it. It's yeah. just not. It's not particularly. Uh, like, for I mean, me.
1: it, it, it's one of those like you can't account for the, the taste thing. Like it, if it's just not for you, but you can appreciate yeah, what no, it I, is I, 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 and I get why that. people would like it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: do you see yourself making a strong ale anytime in your? Was it was it strong ale? Yeah. That um,
1: probably. That is kind of a catch-all term at, sometimes, um, but I, I can make my, see myself making something in this vein at some point. Yeah. Um, sad to announce that the most recent batch of beer that I made has been giving me a little bit of trouble. Oh uh, no. I had like a stuck fermentation, um, whereas like it just literally fermented half of what it was supposed to. Huh. Uh, how, so how
0: do you tell that? What is
1: with the uh, hydrometer? Okay. You get like um, so that's, that,
0: that's not that gravity thing, is it? Yes. That is the gravity thing. Yes. Okay.
1: Um so you get a reading of it when you first
0: The little buoy that Al drops on his beer yes, that exactly. I just watch go up and down.
1: Ooh. Yeah, it just bobs <laughs> around and gives you a reading. Um, yeah, it's uh, science. so <laughs> when I designed that recipe, I got kind of an expected starting gravity for it, and I brewed it. it. Was very close to that number, so it was good, happy. You know, measured it up, pitched my yeast, bucketed it up let it sit the two weeks that uh, it typically is going to sit. Um, and then I opened it and was getting ready to bottle it because I've never really had an issue with it before. It's usually pretty sure. close. I usually get all my stuff mixed up, and then I take the measurement just to make sure. We got to that point, it was like, it's about halfway done. Hmm. So I moved what? it to a warmer temperature ah, okay. because I it's a type of beer that it should have been able to ferment at the temperature it was at. But I had actually meant to. It was just... I had a lot going on in the two weeks I was on. I was gonna do the first like four days at the lower temperature and then move it up just so it can acclimate itself, and then it's it's a saison, so it it benefits from uh, warmer temperatures. Just it makes the flavor more complex. It doesn't actually change how it ferments. Okay. Um. It it just changes some of the byproducts that the yeast make because they when it's warmer they're a little bit more active and more like prolific. Um. So I moved it to the warmer temperature and gave it about another four days and then checked it again and
0: mm.
1: no change. So I went and got new yeast, made myself a yeast starter because uh, it needs that often once there's already alcohol been in, like introduced into the system because uh, the alcohol will kill the yeast, even though that sounds kind of counterintuitive. Um, so it's plugging along and hopefully it'll hit its mark and it won't suffer any ill effects over here.
0: It <laughs> flew too close to the sun with that last beer. Right? Yeah.
1: Oh, is this, a, so my punish- gotta, this, gotta, this is my ta- punishment we, for the protection of take, the quadrillion. Yeah, we gotta take
0: you down a peg, I guess. Um. Anyway, I do look forward to seeing how that comes out. Me too. I really like it. Best of, of luck.
1: I was really excited about that recipe, so. Oh,
0: you seem very sad. I am. I feel like you need a hug. I almost want to get up and hug you. I'm not going to, to be clear. But the fact that you to almost want to is okay. an honor. Okay, cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Uh... Sweet. Shall we get into our flick? Sure. So, the flick for this episode, as I mentioned earlier, is Dunkirk. And as you all know, if you've been listening, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Me too. I would put him as my number one director. I know he's up in your list. Yeah, I don't know know if I have a
1: number one, but he's someone that, when you say a film by Christopher Nolan, I'm like, tell me more. You you bet your ass I'm (laughs) seeing that movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, guys like Nolan... Or Scorsese, or Edgar Wright. Not Mm. that I would put him on necessarily the same level, but it's like those are the guys. Like, when you tell me a movie is from that person, I'm going to sit down and listen.
0: Absolutely. Uh, This was one of those movies where I I think I've told the story here before. The first time I saw the preview for it, it, it's like the first, it's like one, the panel opens on the screen. I'm like, this is a Christopher Nolan movie. And then within like 10 seconds, his name pops up. I'm like, Nailed it. <laughs> and Kim was like, how did you do that? I, was like, I love him. Right? <laughs> He's so good. I just, I just had that
1: happen recently. Um, I don't remember what it was. And you did it with the... Uh, when we were watching, <laughs> randomly after recording last night, we were watching uh, the original Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and you said... Did Danny Elfman do the yeah. score? <laughs> and I looked up, and was like, you know, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Nailed it. <laughs> I had it happen recently too. It was something. It was like an older like movie or something like that. And I was like, I feel like this was made by someone. Like someone, yeah. And I looked it up. I was like, oh shit, he did do that. I was, I, I, I was like, I didn't have no idea.
0: One of my uh, one of the things that I'm usually pretty good at doing is guessing the year of a movie. I'm not not, not right. from knowing.
1: Plus or minus a year.
0: Yeah, not from knowing when it came out, but just from the aesthetic of the shooting, which is why I got thrown off today when I was I was in, sitting was in the living <laughs> we room watching. It. I was like this movie is like this is like a like 80 like 6 like around like Beverly Hills Cop came out. No, nope, just shot that way, which kudos. <laughs> yeah, it was very piece, <laughs> the like fact that. that you time, it like, off, like, yeah, great. Um
1: That was great. I walked into the room and Anthony was watching the TV and he goes, "Hey, uh, when do you think this movie came out?" I said like two years ago that's Eddie the Eagle (laughs) and he goes fuck you already saw the movie you weren't supposed to Uh, no
0: no yeah anyway um, so Christopher Nolan I was hyped for this movie as soon as I as I knew that it was coming out I wasn't you weren't
1: no because I thought he was making a war documentary Hmm. because it was making a film about Dunkirk and I was like oh I like like Christopher Nolan but I'm not really interested in a documentary then I saw that first trailer you are talking about I was like Oh, it's not a documentary. It's just like, a, we're doing a real story. Oh, about I, want, real oh, I event, want this movie. But it's yeah. an actual war movie. Now I'm on board.
0: <laughs> Wait, and an excellent one at that. Um, I'm not going not gonna to bury the lead there at all. Love oh, it. Fantastic. Not, no surprise. All that you've heard,
1: it's real. Like If you're an actual fan of movies, and if you're a fan of war movies, this is a movie you need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good.
0: And there is a Christopher Nolan and um, Hans Zimmer a package deal
1: at this point yes
0: right. so uh, something that I, I came across i was uh, talking to a co coworker of mine toby what's up toby i was talking to toby, <laughs> toby and listen? Uh, uh he may oh well, he should may be now, now. Um, and he was he lives in california and we were talk he's he's big into movies um, we, we both saw this opening weekend sorry yeah that's uh, right the taste of betrayal. The taste of betrayal. Fucking horror. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait,
1: no, no. Let's fill in the audience okay. on how I experienced that. So we were planning getting together for the first time in like two months now to actually see a movie together and record right after. Mm. And we're like, "Oh, Dunkirk." We're totally going to do that one together. Yep. Um, and the movie came out. Well, it doesn't matter when you guys are listening to it. The movie came out a week ago from where now we're talking about having seen it and recorded. So, like, uh, the that day when we were going to Planet. Earlier, I just happened to see on Facebook, um, Anthony's lovely fiance Kim, hey Kim, um, posted on Facebook that she was going to see Dunkirk with Anthony, and I was like, Fact. okay, that hurts. Uh, <laughs> I was like, and that,
0: suddenly Al was stranded I on was the like, beach. I was like, this hurts,
1: and I felt like I was stranded on the beach with mortar shells falling around me. So... Way to cheap it, Jesus.
0: <laughs> A lot more serious for those guys, all right? Right.
1: Um, may gone, I may have gone too far. <laughs> I may have committed some light treason.
0: <laughs> some light to medium treason.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I was texting Anthony later, and he's like, uh, I was dancing around the fact that I had seen that he was going to see Dunkirk, because he didn't tell me he was going to see it with Kim at the time. Hmm. And he said something, and I'm too lazy to go scroll back and find it because it doesn't matter. Um, but he was saying something, oh, something about, about being busy. Being that back. busy, I yeah. said, "Oh yeah, busy betraying me." <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. So yes. I was like, "Yeah, that's why I saw you go to see Dunkirk today, you fucking asshole." Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, I believe I wasn't sorry. Was that how
1: not, we? Were? Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't that angry. It was just funny because great. like he wouldn't have posted it. <laughs> no. Nah but the fact that she did and I saw it and yeah. waited for it. You that wouldn't have to known spring. that I had
0: seen it already until like earlier today when I was like I can't wait to see how this is in IMAX because yes. <laughs> it was already great before that. Cuz
1: that was what was important. I guess he saw it on a conventional theater. This movie was shot to watch on IMAX. We got and, to go and you know see what? it on full IMAX. And today.
0: we should you should be thanking me because I've got two perspectives on this movie now that I've seen it in both formats. Get to be seen. No, the, fa- there, well, the fact well, no, is no, there... prove that you have two okay. perspectives um, before I think... No, well, no, no, no but, what
1: I'm saying is I want to hear how that comes into play in the episode before I thank you for it.
0: Okay. Right okay. now or later? Let's well, do later. Over the so course of the go, Okay, let's go back. So, so to be all Hans listening. Zimmer. <laughs> so, talking to Toby, and I, I've i You know, talked to you about movies, i talked to a few friends about movies. When I bring up Hans Zimmer, it's always positive light. Everybody, the people that I talk to about him love him. And he was telling me... As do you. That, uh, as do I. Yeah. He was telling me that a lot of people that he speaks with can't—they don't like him. They don't think that he's all that he's uh, hyped up to be. Okay, and they're wrong. I had <laughs> right. That's I, I was like, well, if people are trying to discredit you, you're probably pretty great at what you're doing.
1: <laughs> I want to continue so, going into this because I actually have some stuff to add to this conversation yeah. that'll probably bolster what you're talking about, but. Just to be clear, like we've talked in previous episodes, for those of you who listen, I think that John Williams is the number one. But I have no problem if you said Hans Zimmer was second. I have Hans Zimmer they're, at the top. I know. That, yeah. uh, that was kind of our sticking point. They're comparable. Yeah. I would just sure. give John Williams a slight nod above him, yeah. but they are it's a close second, yeah. probably. And you no, know what I mean? I by
0: no means, like I, I'm not going to be able to list off a ton of composers. Hans Zimmer, John Williams, Danny Elfman, I can pick their music out. Immediately, as you saw, yes, last night. Others, not so much. I'd like to be able to do that, but this just, they kind of coincide with the movies that I like, so I happen to recognize, oh, there's something similar through these movies. Oh, it's the sound and the music, and it's like, oh, okay, and then I start to pick up on.
1: I'm going to be honest, that time that I accidentally baited you into proving my point, though, about John Williams, made the ego feel pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Continue on with your conversation with John Williams. That's really
0: really it. I was just kind of curious, have you come across people dislike so him. So yeah. why
1: did these... Was it Toby or was it other people you're saying? He doesn't... He likes him. Okay. Why, was, what is the reason that people don't We didn't
0: like really him? get too into it. It was just more like um, just that he was like overrated and... There was nothing it, like why... I didn't get, I didn't get into specifics.
1: Um, I'd like to, but I didn't I know like I sent you an article in the past week or two from The Ringer and we've talked about it a little bit um, in uh, recent... It was the, the HBO um, movie for mm-hmm. Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. We talked about The Ringer a bit where I went on a tangent bashing bill simmons talking about his former greater site grantland and his now current site the ringer and they'll do themed weeks on the site sometimes um i sent you some stuff it was the bad action movies or the good bad movies i Mm -hmm. sent you something a a few weeks back and the uh, last week uh, in the run-up to the release of dunkirk they did a christopher nolan week which movie was his best what makes him great kind of a look at how his styles and movies have changed over the course of it this and that And there was an article about Hans Zimmer in Nolan Week because of his close association with Nolan. And I think the reason some people think he's overrated, don't like him, is because they hear a lot of other scores that sound like his scores. Hmm. But the thing is, and the article tracks it, Hans Zimmer's been doing this for a long time. Everyone in the last ten years, or not everyone, but a lot of newer-ish composers are emulating sounds that he made the first time in scores that he did mm. so everyone sounds like Hans Zimmer not Hans Zimmer sounds like everyone else okay. that's an important distinction that yeah the reason that pioneer I think that <laughs> some people think he's overrated is because oh I heard that in another movie mm. made by someone else but it's not because he's parroting them it's the other way around
0: if I remember that's correctly, a really important distinction. I agree with that if I, but if I remember correctly part of it was also that um a lot of throughout the movie a lot of the time it's not like He's got the score that goes through the entire film. Are you talking about this movie or movies that his he's movies done in that he's done in general. But there's a lot of times where it's really just a which I think is incredible is the tension that they build with the sound. Yes. And it's not it's not a song at a lot of times. It's not it, it it's like a break in the score in a way, but it's just like a rising tone or a or dark one, ominous tone. Yeah, it's it, it, dark. <laughs> <laughs> the masturbating dog killer is on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> um. What was that? Forgetting Star Yes. yes. <laughs> but anyway, it's like like in this movie, for example, like there's there's a couple of things um, that we can touch on right now. There is a ticking watch that is I would say three quarters of the movie. You hear it, yes. whether or not you're paying attention to it. It's like there.
1: I don't know if it's three quarters, but it's a lot. It's a lot and it's from start to finish.
0: Yeah, because it is it is when they're running in the beginning. And I this is something I picked up on having seen it twice. I The first time I noticed it, the, when I watched it... It's like an expansion
1: on the Dark Knight rising yeah, sound. Yeah, Because it, there was that kind of undercurrent mm-hmm. to it, and then the ticking on top of that sound. Right. The two of them were kind of married together, mm-hmm. crescendoing as things were amping up in yeah. tension. It was a really cool effect. It makes you feel like you're physically doing stuff while you're watching the movie. It makes you feel like you're... Physically exhausted from yeah. the anxiety that it induces. Absolutely. Which, it, for those of you who have anxiety, I guess I I apologize because it's going to be a trip
0: yeah, for you. For sure. But, or if you know you have high blood pressure, maybe, maybe get that in check before going to see this movie. It's
1: <laughs> integral to the experience of the movie. It really is. Movie.
0: And uh, you're very much like it. Movies will make you, well, you know, a good, good art form will make you feel something. And I think that he always. He always hits the mark there like I definitely feel something every time that I'm watching his movies and this particular movie my, I am I'm lost a lot of the time not in a bad way I'm like I'm trying to I, I mentioned this to you earlier before so like I'm trying to like get my bearings I'm tense my shoulders are tight like yeah. I and that's a lot of that happens with the music yeah and the way that he sequences the shots Um, but the, the clock ticking specifically I noticed it the first time I watched it when uh, Tom Hardy looks at his watch and then it was clear to me that it was that it was in the background. I didn't notice it right before that scene the first oh, time really? I watched it and then it's throughout. I
1: noticed, noticed it from the very first second. And
0: it's like throughout and then now going back knowing that that's there I was like oh no this is like ever present in this movie yeah. and it's See, so I was. I guess it is exhausting. Is the word you used earlier? And yeah. That is, that I I completely agree with that.
1: I guess probably is because I read some stuff. I didn't read anything that was a spoiler review for the movie, but I read stuff about the movie and what is unique about it before I had seen it. So I was aware of the idea of this ticking clock already. Mm-hmm. So I was noticing it from the very ah, okay. first second. Although I thought it was going to be. A sound that conjures up an image of a clock not actual ticking of a clock mm-hmm. you know what i mean i thought it was gonna be something adjacent to the sound of the ticking mm-hmm. of a clock not oh this literally sounds like the 60 minutes tiktok fl- adjacent yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tiktok adjacent <laughs> if anyone's a fan of Peter roseberg
0: uh, so there's another. Uh,
1: we could we if we if we want we, we should just stick with the, the score for yeah. a bit because no for this the, is a big for note there's for me another and part I knew of it. Was it be for um, you, so the, another thing that there's a couple things I want to talk about more.
0: To his w- with his score and I can see like oh yeah like we're saying if like if it's they're focusing on that like maybe these individual tones that are used like throughout. I don't know I, I don't know enough about like I appreciate music. I don't know enough about, like, music theory to explain these things to you. I just know that... you got a better chance than me, because you've played music for quite some time. But I I just know, like, when I like something. Yeah. Right? And there's a scene where two guys are carrying a stretcher, Mm -hmm. and it's just a fiddle. it's going like... (laughs) It's almost like, their footsteps, and it gets... It's, like, increasingly intense, and as they get tired, it slows down. And then it picks up again. And it slows down. And it's like... (laughs) It's really good. It's <laughs> like, a lot, it's, it's really a lot awesome. of, kind of
1: experiential stuff where it's like there's that where it's tied to the movements happening on screen, and there's another one. This is a big point that I wanted to bring up. Um, I can't remember the scene specifically, and maybe that's for the best since we're still in non-spoilers yeah. right now. But it happened a couple times, but there was one scene where it really crystallized for me. I want to say it was about maybe a little way before halfway through the movie, where. There was a really big scene. It might have been someone in the water who was trying not to drown or something like that. But the rhythm of the score and everything and was literally like a heartbeat that was mm. accelerating. Like, And it got to the point where, especially in that theater, the way you experience it, it actually overwrites your own heartbeat. Because you can feel the thud in yeah. the chairs so much... That it feels like it's your heart taking over yeah. you, and it's continuing to increase and increase the way it would for you when you were actually in a real panic. Um, it's almost like the way when you go to one of those like quote unquote four D like movie yeah, ride yeah. things, in a like where the sounds and the things that are going on like you're you're being physically yeah. impacted by the score in a way that I've never had happen in a movie before. Mm-hmm. Um, that that heartbeat thing, like it becomes it gets you. more true than your own heartbeat in your own mind because yeah. you feel it reverberating through you, and your body recognizes it as being heartbeat heartbeat like.
0: Yeah, it's 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 intense. It's like it it cannot go like you know like under noted and never mentioned. Like the like the music is extremely important in the movie. Yeah, and
1: that's something that I think is really cool. Where I think it's been true. In previous iterations of their movies, um, Nolan and and uh, Zimper, but this one truly, it feels like the two of them designed both the score and the movie together. Right. Where it doesn't sound like they made a score and fit it to the movie, or they made a movie and then fit a score to it. It feels like the two were made hand in hand, yeah. and they like you cannot have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, other movies, you could put a different score over top of it, right? Or you could take a score that exists and probably fit it to a different movie. These two things could not... You cannot separate them into two separate identifiable objects.
0: Right. What is cool about that, um, that you say that if you listen to an album or... uh, If you listen to a score, I should say, for a movie like this you can relive the entire movie with just the sound because you've seen you've experienced it already so like when certain things happen in the in the music you realize how closely tied they are in your memory of them happening on screen yeah. so like i cuz i've listened to it at work which was a huge mistake yeah you told I, me you
1: started listening to it before the like, movie came out right uh,
0: i did the, i did that and then i was like it, it felt i was i felt tense and i stopped but then i listened to it again after I had seen it while I was working, and I was like, I, like, I, I literally, I couldn't focus because I was stressed out. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, yeah, like this makes sense. I gotta stop. I'm gonna turn this off now. And I'm gonna put on uh, the Man of Steel soundtrack, because I really love the music in that movie.
1: Even the, oh no, you're talking about Man of Steel singing of uh, Batman vs Superman. I was gonna say, even the... No, 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 no,
0: no, no, there's your problem right there. Oh my god, friggin'... The Wonder Woman uh, theme, if you will. <laughs> what are you? Do- what are you doing? What are you? Do- Why well, it doesn't fit? It doesn't fit. I I, I thought it was okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree. Hard pass. <laughs> but uh, the music. Pay attention to it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it already, and you're going to see it, just really. I was going to say keep an eye on it, but that's not how you do no. that. Keep an ear on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Real close. <laughs> or even some of it, like I said, you physically feel it. Like, oh, yeah. Keep your sense of well, okay. on it. Like- well, okay. Let's
0: get into this then. Um, when I saw the movie the first time, I saw it in just a standard theater. Uh, and I loved every minute of it. I, going into seeing it in IMAX, it wasn't, for me, what I wasn't excited about was the gigantic screen that I was going to be seeing it on and the proper format for it. Whatever. That, I, I like that. I do appreciate seeing it that way. But I really, really love the sound in an IMAX theater, and I knew that, uh, I, the I the first time you hear gunshots in that movie. We won't get. I'm not getting into the spoilers yet. The first time you hear gunshots in that movie, I know I knew it was coming. But it scared the crap out of me Yeah, <laughs> what the, the the sound that gunfire, in that theater. Even
1: more than explosions, the gunfire was obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, like, because on the border of being obnoxious. It was.
0: And, like, their precision, like, surround sound the, in yeah, that theater it, you, is absurd.
1: The directionality is, like, you pick up on it. It's um,
0: like, it's, I'm ducking down, I'm like, good you, yeah. what is happening? Oh,
1: wow, <laughs> that sounded exactly like a bullet whizzing over my head and smacking into a metal right. hole.
0: like, if somebody, like, behind me got shot, I would be like, nah, yeah, checks out. <laughs>
1: No one would have known.
0: (laughs) But, uh, so there's the sound that it really, because it does, it adds an extra layer of it when that sound is that intense and that pinpoint accuracy with the film on screen. And between the gunshots, the bombs, and the planes.
1: The plane sounds were ridiculous. It
0: was insane.
1: Yes. And that's another thing that both they melded that, I think, with the score times, too. Mm -hmm. Um... And the idea of them crescendoing, whether it be the plane dive bombing or the score or both, the way that they use the kind of the crescendos of the sounds in building sounds in this was incredible. Actually, to the point of like, it got past, it was like when you thought you reached fever pitch, mm. it found a way to maintain it that it's like, I've never seen that sort of endurance on, that, on like a crescendo like that before. It's like almost nerve wracking. Yeah. But it's, it was incredible. hmm How much did you enjoy, though, the excellent surround sound in the IMAX as opposed to being face-fucked by the Dolby Atmos? Oh, my God. Seriously. Do <laughs> you imagine seeing this movie in that?
0: No, I couldn't. Honestly, I, I probably would have my fingers <coughs> in my ears if it was in the Dolby Atmos. It was, like, there's, like I said, there's, like, good sound production and surround sound tactics, and then there's just, just sheer volume being pumped through the speakers that is physically hurting me. <laughs> and... That's what I feel like if unless it was like calibrated properly, that's what would happen if I was in that friggin' Dolby Atmos theater. Yeah. I guarantee you your heartbeat would have been overwritten. Right. In that theater. I would have had a and audio,
1: uh, I would have had a, an audio induced heart attack.
0: Yeah, the movie would end and your heart would just stop and you'd just kill over and die. <laughs> that's <laughs> what would happen if you saw this movie in Atmos. <laughs> or that Atmos yeah, theater. Yeah, you've at been least.
1: dragging me out of that theater.
0: Yeah. No. We both would have been dead.
1: Oh. Okay. You realize. <laughs>
0: Everybody's dead. At the, oh, end everyone,
1: of the movie. Okay. <laughs> Now that's the perfect
0: <laughs> crime. What happened to these people? <laughs> Who were we putting on trial? on trial? Dol- Dolby? Dolby. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, is there anything particular that you want to get into with before we just lift the cover of the spoiler warning? Because I don't like to hold back when we go through the rest of the stuff in the movie, so I'd like to get it out of the way. Dialogue. Okay, or lack thereof.
1: My note is lack of dialogue. Beautiful lack of dialogue. <laughs> yes. Um. It's funny because I guess the closest parallel, when you consider like the timing of it all, is um, The Revenant. Um. The lack of dialogue as a stylistic choice.
0: Did you see the little bit of pain that went through me when you just when you brought up The Revenant alongside this movie? You
1: dislike that movie more than to be expected.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: I mean, it's not a perfect movie. I, I don't love it. I. I thought it was a good movie I enjoyed it
0: much like this beer <laughs> I will not be partaking of The Revenant again
1: no I've already rewatched the least part of it it was on like HBO and I, I caught it for a little bit yeah. I enjoyed it but you can understand the artistic choice choices of these movies mm-hmm. both of them beautifully shot beautifully scored and making a conscious choice to have a lack of dialogue and and when those
0: soldiers eat that bear heart <laughs> <laughs> and and have
1: weight to each word. The, there's no wasted space with the dialogue. This isn't, I mean, Sorkin's brilliant, but this isn't a Sorkin script where everyone's talking to talk, no matter how clever and witty the lines are. Mm-hmm. This is one where the words don't matter in those movies because there are so many of them, and in this one, every word matters because there are so few. Yeah. Um, so you go long periods where, sure, you might hear some screaming because it's a, it's a, Battlefield, but there's no dialogue for significant stretches of the movie. Really, there might be a one word like yeah. English, look, look over there, <laughs> or English, no. or help. All right. But like, and there's periods where there is dialogue, mm. but um, that there are so significant stretches where there's nothing or very little dialogue. I thought was interesting, um, and it added an interesting flair to this.
0: this yeah, film. it's you're right. They just every every word. Packs a punch because there's so few of them. Yeah, it's, it's it's really it's really well done.
1: But I think it might be an odd experience for people who, like, I mean, you expect in a war movie, there's going to be periods where you have know, everyone yeah. shooting each other up, right? Like, you're not going to be doing a lot of chat right? Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Grenade or over there or help, you know. But mm-hmm. in between, we're accustomed to seeing in war movies usually a lot of talking, um, and that wasn't the case most often in this movie. There's a couple scenes where. There's um kind of a meaty section of dialogue, but that's the exception, not the rule. Right. Um, which I thought was cool. I thought that was something we could discuss pre-spoilers. Yeah, I actually
0: about. thought of one. When Thinking of that, I thought of one more thing. Um, it's on my list here too. Uh, this movie's PG-13. Was it? Yes. Not surprised. It's not. It's it. not surprising because there is no gore in this movie.
1: Yeah, very little actual blood. There's really just the there's one maybe scene there's that I'm maybe not blood
0: in like us. there's two scenes where there's blood. One scene, it's straight up. That's, that's basically that's basically it. And I think it's important because... The guy on the stretcher? Here, Yeah. yeah. So, um, here's why it's important. There's... If this is how I take it. You can't... There's no reason to look away in this movie because of that. Like Except they, for, they, like, they, oh my
1: god, that fighter pilot almost just crashed into my head. R- 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 because right. Because of the but sound. I'm ah, saying, like, it, in, a, in like Saving
0: Private Ryan yes. when you're on the beach and you're just like, I, I can see... Uh, people will turn away from that. It is... It's grueling. It's horrible to look at. It's you know. It's it could be. It's very real in a lot of ways. But it's they're trying to get that point across through like the horror of that. This took a different approach. I feel like with the other horrors, and took that out of the picture so that you would focus on it more.
1: Yeah, both were very true experiences, true to the experiences um, of war. Right. I think and I Not but that I, I've ever I encountered it, but what you expect war to be, or if you don't know what you expect more to be seeing and hearing in a movie like Saving Private Ryan Mm -hmm. or Hexer Ridge as opposed to this movie um, neither of them is untrue in the way they represent right Um, and you didn't need to get the gore across because there's a whole lot of other things it's been done a million times before Everyone knows, but I also if blow I, someone's leg I, off. I, they I, bleed.
0: I do think it's calculated. Like it's they they have it this way. There's no reason to look away. Like we're we're making sure that you don't have like a physical like nausea from looking at the scene. Oh, we I, want I, you to stay looking at it because every scene, especially in a Christopher Nolan movie, every scene is extremely important.
1: Yes, uh, although I will disagree with that slightly. Um, the things that you're gonna want to look away from are not blood in this movie. It's the repeated instances of people drowning or nearly drowning.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That
1: was nauseating, and that's another one where the that sound is added to it. And I drowning is one of the most horrific versions of death that I can imagine. Right. Um, and this isn't spoiling, because if you know anything about this movie, you know that a lot of it takes place in or over the water. Right. And if you've heard anything about the movie, it's a common theme. And this isn't just a movie with artistic choices. These events really happened. Right. These people really so were it, drowning or nearly drowned.
0: It's all that even that though even the drowning something like that is handled very beautifully. They you never see somebody die in the water,
1: but you see them come really close, or you see them or you get know, to the brink of death, and then and they, then they you go know somewhere that else.
0: They die. Yeah, like like this person's gonna die. Like you have to accept that and like, and they, move and on to it, someone else. Right, and it's 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 in a lot of ways it's like it, it leaves some to like. You ha- you have to like you have that weight on you from no- knowing like they're like that person's dying as you go on to the next scene yeah. and them not showing it and it, I, I, it just adds so much to but it. But you're gonna get
1: physical discomfort from watching people oh, yeah. drowning or panicking because they think they're drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are long form shots of one or more people drowning. And
0: it's terrifying. Yeah, this movie is
1: terrifying, <laughs> which it's supposed to be, which it, yeah. I'm sure it was for these people.
0: Yeah, I can't, I cannot begin to imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's out of control. Um, any other notes before we, we lift the veil?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think it's right. probably
0: good. Um, from this moment on, spoilers are on the table. If you haven't seen this movie, absolutely see this movie before continuing and with And for those of
1: you who are worried because it's a war movie and it's a Christopher Nolan movie, this movie is less than two hours long. Yeah. It's an important note because, so you know, not expect a very long, the Nolan no. movie or, and or a war movie to be three hours or so. This was hundred and eight minutes is the runtime, or something like mm-hmm. that. It's less than two hours. Yeah, it's gonna feel like more because you're gonna be like <laughs> said, physically exhausted. <laughs> yeah, exhausted when you're by done. the end of it. But um, you can sit down and watch this one pretty quick. Um, let's
0: take a lighter note for a second because I'm getting depressed. <laughs> uh, there's a scene in the movie where uh, the Tom Hardy and his I forget I, I can't remember Collins. the Collins, yes,
1: Collins and Farrier.
0: So Ferrier, I caught Collins, Farrier's but I didn't done. know
1: what Tom Hardy's name was okay. until I looked it up at the end
0: so oh so he was farrier yes oh who Collins, was, the, who was the guy that died was his
1: wingman oh I
0: thought that was farrier no something Col- leader
1: Collins the, the the leader didn't get a name it oh okay was, he just was, went down it was something okay. leader and then Tom so, Hardy was something one and then the other guy was something but you heard him he said it a couple of times I thought he said fighter I thought he was saying like, you're a fighter when he's since we're in spoilers, he's on the boat and he's watching Tom Hardy fly around yeah. in a dogfight trying to save the ship by shooting down the the bomber, and he said he was saying Farrier. Okay. The and the guy who that was his wingman who had got shot down earlier was Collins.
0: Gotcha. Um, so what am I like, like I was saying on the lighter note. So like this, uh, Collins gets shot down, uh, and he he brings the his plane onto the onto the water, and he slams it down, and he gets stuck, and he's locked in there and it's like it's actually this this is another extremely tense terrifying scene because what the way they did this was beautiful you see it the first time from the perspective of tom hardy where he sees his his
1: beautiful it was manipulative
0: it was it was beautifully done his hand is out of the cockpit and tom hardy and it's a wave because he's he's flailing which you find out later it's a wave tom hardy sees him gives him a wave and continues on Later, you find out from the other perspective that he's in there and he's trying to get out of the cockpit and he only has his arm out and I'm losing my mind. I
1: was like, "Oh no, Tom, how he doesn't!" No, yes. <laughs> that's, that's what went through my mind. But then, which that was really cool considering that was something I knew ahead of time and they give it to you within the first five minutes of the movie or so. Uh, that that's three timelines mm-hmm. all uh, across like the people on the beach it was over the course of a week. The people. On the boats Are over the course of a day Yeah And Tom Hardy and Collins Is an hour Is over an hour Right Up in the sky In their, in their fighter planes So um, cool So I knew that That was the thing And I knew that Eventually it all Would yeah. come together But Actually seeing The scenes from Different perspectives Which is something I thought we were Going to get But there was A couple instances Where it took A long time Yeah In the movie There was a huge split And that was one Of the instances mm-hmm. Where Collins gets Shot down about Maybe a third of the way Through the movie and We don't actually see it from his perspective until no. the final third of the movie,
0: mm-hmm. which is, it's crazy and I, I mentioned this to you this is whats it makes it disorienting. yes I obviously it feels very much on purpose. He's I think Christopher Nolan is fantastic when it comes to sequencing things like this. memento is uh, no nobody else does memento. I'm sorry <laughs> like not not the way that he does it and like with the perfection that he carries it out. And that he's showing a lot of those skills in this About movie. the only person
1: I could see do it or people I could see doing it as the Wachowskis. Yeah. And that's because as we were walking out I made a, a reference to the way this movie was laid out with the three divergent but converging storylines. Yeah. It reminded me the way it was cut up reminded me in some ways of the way they layer the different storylines in Cloud Atlas. Right. So they're about the only other person I could see making people I could see making sure. that sort of thing in that way
0: yeah I get that uh, it's just like it, it's so it, it, it's another thing that is that adds to the experience of this movie you're very much like it's almost as if you're pulling your head out of the water and trying to figure out wait where am I supposed to be going and it's it's really well done but so what I was getting to was like probably one, the only part of the movie that made me laugh there's like one comical line Kenneth Brenner. it who
1: the the Admiral or whatever he was oh, he was good too yeah, because it's funny. Um, I want to keep. That's doing, the scene, though. I wanna keep but... getting to your point. But about a third of the way through the movie, I was like, "Man, you think with all these British, talented British actors, although about half the cast is really unknown and half of them quite well known." Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, "I guess we don't get treated to any of the uh, kind of the stoic British wit that like the soldiers are quote unquote known for." And we finally get some funny lines. Oh, I, was like, oh. I, was like, I was like, we're not gonna get a single smile. Like even the most brutal of war movies. Typically have a couple of lines you're going to laugh at. Saving Private Ryan. This is some exactly, funny shit in Saving Private this Ryan. This is exactly
0: where I'm going with this scene. And
1: finally, Kenneth Branagh started ripping off a couple of little funny one-liners. Some mm-hmm. snarky lines that I was like, Okay, we need we need a smile. yeah, Just for one second.
0: Yeah, it's it a good thing that you're in the Army and I'm in the Navy. <laughs> that was funny! Beautiful.
1: <laughs> James Darcy is the, 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 the British colonel of the, the land forces. And um, <laughs> I think he was an admiral, but I couldn't, I'm i not 100% sure. Kenneth Branagh is a, a naval officer. And they're standing, and he says, uh, it'll be six hours, and he goes, I thought the uh, the, the tide is every three hours, and Kenneth Brown says, well,
0: it's a good thing you're in the army and I'm in the navy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just like, I, I feel like at that point, it's just like,
1: ah, ah, I really need to laugh right now, oh, thank God.
0: Um, but the one that gets me is this scene, so Collins is trapped, uh, he, he, the cockpit's filling up with water. That was good too, but it was just the, much later in the movie. The boat pulls mm-hmm. up, and they they crack it open, without skipping a beat, he's avoided death, in the most absurd, he was saved by these people. He was he fully gets, submerged. He, and he gets, gets out the of the cockpit ground. and
1: says, "Afternoon." Yes. <laughs> I was like, "God damn that, but is that was funny." After <laughs> the seal was broken, <laughs> Kenneth Brown had ripped off a couple of funny lines right. earlier in the movie.
0: That that so got, that's got what me though. The worst is that
1: we weren't going to get any of that. Which you just need something just to stop your heart beating for just one second. Right. Like, okay, I can breathe. Like yeah. that was funny. Oh wait, look, someone else is getting shot down. This is horrifying. <laughs> it's,
0: like somewhere in some screening room, somebody died, and they were like, "We gotta lighten this up somewhere, just somewhere." Just, <laughs> <laughs> but that that scene, that scene stuck with me. Uh, it just it's just a silly little thing. It's like just a little shimmer of light in the middle of this horror story that we're watching. See, that
1: was one of my my notes actually, um, and it's a little note, something that we could tackle in about ninety seconds. It's like, I could have done with a little bit more Kenneth Branagh. He was funny, and he was good because even like in the very serious scenes, that scene. Um, towards the very end of the movie where they were still playing with the timeline um, and you see uh, Tom Hardy shooting down a plane out over Mm. the open ocean.
0: That was another good one.
1: Uh, But at the same time, you see a dive bomber coming flying in and is about to destroy the beach. It was like a quick moment We just had a big cheer. Oh, the ships are coming in. We're going to get some of these men out. And he sighs and then he turns because he hears a sound and you start hearing that telltale crescendo of a dive bomber again. yeah. And he sighs, and he closes his eyes. The way he closes his eyes,
0: I am heartbroken.
1: (laughs) And then you hear an explosion, because we realize the timelines are still off a little bit, and Tom Hardy comes swooping in, by the way, out of fuel in his airplane, and shoots down a plane while he is out of fuel. So good. And like, so we got the the whole range of it, where you get a couple funny lines from him, and we get serious Heavy acting too Just And he doesn't have to say anything It's just It's that That scene from Return of the King When The 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 men from um, Rohan come rushing in And they start to win the day mm-hmm. And We get a smile and a sigh From King Theoden And then He hears the sound And he turns and just goes oh, And he dies Because yeah. he's just has zero chance And that's where Kenneth Branagh is right there
0: Alright oh, that's, like, that's a great scene the uh, another one of his funny lines at the very end when that soldier wakes up, and honestly, like uh, that, that was another that was him, right? Yes. That, so th-
1: we thought he died.
0: Yeah, that was him.
1: That, that was him.
0: Huh. I, I was gonna cause I was gonna ask you. It didn't look like him to me.
1: Well, his hair was all fucked up. Yeah. He had had slicked back hair most of it, but then when he got his hair when he got dunked in the sea a few times and came out, and got really curly and stuff. That was him.
0: Oh, because he got out of the boat.
1: Yes, it, the last time we see him... Right, it was right. that H- makes sense. Harry Styles okay. and the other guy who he was quote-unquote friends with the whole movie, who I think is Tommy might have been his name. I think they said it yep. once. It is. Um, they are on a ship that sinks and they barely make it out and they're swimming and they're getting caught in an oil slick and all that sort of stuff. And you see a couple guys who are nearly drowning and make it out of the ship and the French soldier who we didn't know was French until... Oh my
0: goodness, this makes the scene so much better for me. We
1: think that... Because it pans out, it looks like he's drowned. And at the very end, as Kenneth Branagh and the last couple of Navy officers are leaving, he um, there's a soldier who was under a cover, and he pulls the blanket up off and he looks around. That's the French soldier.
0: Yeah. So when he wakes up and he looks around, I was like, "Oh my God, you're all alone. <laughs> this is horrible." Yes, because it looks like that. You just see a
1: couple of helmets and yeah. like, one spare pack, and like not even dead bodies, little live
0: ones. And I can't remember the line, but he says something witty there he says uh, come on private
1: off. he goes uh let's get moving uh will have to deal with just being all of us officers or whatever but
0: what, now what's even better about that now is knowing that he, i didn't realize that that was him i'm knowing that i'm 95 sure that was him well if, if that's the case the fact that he doesn't understand the word he's saying makes it even better yeah it's so funny like it's just like he's literally on his own making this joke uh, like, yeah. Yeah. We just saved three hundred well, thousand people. There's a couple of guys who've
1: already got onto the ship, and they're like, "Oh, good
0: one, sir." Yeah, like, yeah. Let's like, go get some tea. I also just love his attitude of like, "We, we just saved three hundred thousand people.
1: I could do better. <laughs> <laughs> Close the thing. See you next week." So now <laughs> this is liar liar. I've had better. I've had better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man, no, that's 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 great. But uh, the I love. There's a lot of great, a, a lot of interesting scenes with the with the French soldier. Um, my favorite obviously was is actually in the water. So to just to kind of get you there, um, he saves Tommy a handful of times. This is another one of those times. There they the their ship gets torpedoed, everybody ends up in the water, the French soldier managed to get himself to a lifeboat early, and he's in he's like the last slot on that boat that's headed towards the shore. And the Harry Styles and uh, uh what was harry styles name in the i actually
1: i'm not sure
0: well him and and tommy are are in the water and they're trying to get to the this same lifeboat and he's reaches his hand out to grab them because they they forged this bond over the the course of the movie so far of like they're gonna they're both trying to get home let's just let's do this or trying to get safe let's stick this out together and he's trying to help them, and the other guy like swats his hand away. He's like, "We have no room for him." And the guys on the boat are saying, "We have no room for him." And then he just suddenly throws a rope to them. Yeah. And I was just like,
1: Also, how uh, kind of gut wrenching was that scene? Because we've seen I don't even remember what the dad's name was. Mark Ryland's character. Who, mm. Another good performance from him. I <sighs> never saw *Bridge of Spies*, but he was nominated. He won. I he think, won for that for I a think. supporting, supporting actor. Support him, yeah. Um, but I've seen little bits of him. Like he looks like a Mr. Talented. Dawson. Was that his name, Mr. Dawson? Yeah. Um, when Mr. Dawson pulls a, a soldier who's sitting on top of a capsized ship, and it's, um, I believe it's Killian, right? Yeah. Killian Murphy? Well, The, the Shivering, cast it as the, the shivering, shivering Soldier. Because oh. yeah, he never gives him his name. No. He asks him, and he never gives it to no. him. Um, and he clearly, and there's, there's a whole bunch, actually, I want to talk about with that. Um, but we'll start with, he's shivering, and he's clearly shocked, right? Shell shocked mm-hmm. is, what's the name it says? And um, we see a little while later that that seam in the water with the lifeboat was him standing on the boat commanding that ship, that boat, when the two of them are swimming out to the lifeboat and they won't let him on. He says, gentlemen, you're both wearing life vests. The water's not too cold. Yeah. It's not too rough. You'll be fine. We'll come back for you. But there's no room on this boat for you right now. Who says that? That's Killy Murphy. It is? Yes. Because that's on the, the timeline of the beach, which is a week. We've already seen him picked up by the boat, which is a one day timeline. You didn't realize? Oh
0: my God! I did not realize that's that. That's why that's so oh, important. this
1: movie was important. so good. <laughs> that's why it's so important. They bookended it. Yeah. See, I'm not supposed to be doing this. You've seen the movie twice. You're oh. supposed to be telling me these. Things. I didn't.
0: It didn't even look like him to me. That's well, it's why. hard
1: because that scene's in pitch black darkness with yeah. just some backlit from and he a a burning. On. He boat. has a
0: hat on. And we've seen. He him. may have
1: had a, a hat on. I don't remember. But either way, oh, that's You great. couldn't tell. You couldn't tell it was him at first when he's talking. But just when he stands up, you can see it's clearly uh, him.
0: Ah, so good. Um, so the whole point, and, and he
1: says a line about, it's scary when the bomber hits your ship, and he says it wasn't a ship, a a bomb, it was a U-boat, it yeah. was a torpedo. That and makes a lot more sense now, yeah. He has these other lines from pre-being blown up when mm-hmm. he's on the ship. Oh man, how good is that?
0: I love that, thank you for that. You're welcome. Oh man, I have to go see this a third time. <laughs> um, not in Dolby Atmos, because then you won't hear from me again. Uh, <laughs> well no, you won't hear again. Huh? Uh, <laughs> Mark Rylance, since you mentioned him, fantastic mm-hmm. character in this movie, and the just the, the pure understanding that he has for these soldiers, like...
1: Well, that was something I definitely wanted to get into, so this is as good a time as yeah, any. Yeah, let's just, let's do it. Um, the treatment of the shivering soldier, um, acknowledging the fact that he has PTSD, mm-hmm. or called him shell shock, that was the, the parlance at the time, um... That was a big scene. Yeah. Um, because you can understand, especially back then, how... I mean, they used to just give them shock therapy. Like, literally try to electrocute them out of PTSD. So for him to actually say to the kids, Listen, he's not a coward. He was just blown up. He yeah. watched a bunch of people he know died. Yeah. Is he's, he a
0: coward, sir? No, he's <laughs> not. No, George. <laughs>
1: And he says, "Well, will he be better?" And he said, "He may never be better." Yeah, and that sort of treatment of it, like that empathy, was really big and really important, yeah. and it was performed very well by Mark.
0: Oh, he he is fantastic, and one of my my again, we talked about how the dialogue is super important in this movie. The my favorite line is when he says, Killian Murphy says to him." like something a man of your age I'm gonna paraphrase this whole thing he's like a man of your age and he says men of my age can dictate the war why should we let you fight it
1: no not can men of my age dictate dictate this this war and we send our sons why should we be exempt
0: so so good and I was just like just like this I love this man I was like what is Dawson Grandpa Dawson no
1: (laughs) Papa Dawson
0: Papa Dawson Papa Dawson
1: he's coming back (laughs) (laughs) Papa Dawson's back
0: Oh my god! But yeah, he's he's fantastic, and there's there's a really another another super powerful scene with dialogue. Um, his his Peter, his son, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, Peter is saying over and over again that the that plane with Collins in it was shot down. He's dead, or like he it shot down. Like dad, it shot down. It I shot didn't down. See he, no, he goes. He's like, I hear you. And he's like, Does it doesn't mean I shouldn't try. He's like, yeah. what if he's alive? And like you you see it, and this is before you find out that his son was a fighter. His and, other di- son. And, and died. Yeah, and it like you you kind of get that before you just from like how emotional he is about
1: this. Well, it's tough to tell, I and mean, then it's revealed, and it's for the, like beautiful. It could just be that level of patriotism. Yeah, you know, the but fact even if he didn't have a son it. that died, it could be well, my son's nearly old enough to be fighting. It could be my son over right. there. I would be remiss not to save other people's sons.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's just beautiful, and like he's he is com- he's destroyed in that moment because he's just like. I, like The only thing that I can do right now is take this boat to that plane and try. Yes. And he does. And they save him. Yeah.
1: Because he wasn't going to yeah. make it without Afternoon. Them. Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that That is just, that's a great scene. So, um, so let's get into Peter and the Shivering Soldier for a second here. So that scene.
1: That uh, was a complicated relationship. That was
0: real complicated. So at first it's like, is the boy okay? No, he's not. You dick!
1: <laughs> you push he pushed him down the stairs. Pushed down the stairs and his head. Yeah. What do you think of? Son of a bitch!
0: <laughs> right. Like, and then by the end though, like after he's died, is he gonna be okay? And like he under he he's starting to get it, and he's like, yeah, he'll be all right. And like that that scene this, that scene is is very hard to watch, but the nod that Mark Mark Rylance that is yes the, that he gives him is just like so moving. It's yes. just like like you. You understand, and you the fact you, that you you get where like what we have to do, the fact and how that how we have to be.
1: That scene could have sh- been shot ever so slightly differently. It could have been him saying it, Peter turning and looking to his dad, his dad nodding, and then and saying then it, him okay. doing it, and you still would have got it, and it still would have felt right, it, and, like it, it was earned. It's way more powerful
0: this way. It's even like. better yeah, this way. He but it, but the other way, though, it
1: would have been perfectly valid, right? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about the kid, what sixteen? Yeah. Like, because he wasn't old enough to be out fighting yet. Yeah. Um, he's, cause he's here with his his dad. Um, so he's still young. Right. He just watched his best friend die. It's like, what good is it? All these people die and everything like that. Like, he could have been shivering and no one would have given him any grief. for Right. right? But the the fact that he really,
0: he understands though, and it's like, what, like, yeah, he, he's dead. I can be pissed off about this right now. But this guy has been through some shit. Yeah. And it's like, there's no reason to harp on this. He like, could have
1: been raging. He could have beat the shit out of him. He could have beat the shit out of him right the second yeah. he threw him off the thing. It, it, when he found out that he was blind from cracking his head open. The, oh, uh, that
0: scene hurt, too. The very second... I can't see. Oh,
1: The very second that he died, he could have run up the stairs and beat the shit out of him. And you would have felt justified, even though it would have been shitty. Yeah. And the fact that he couldn't come above that. And that's another thing... Further, re- like I just just didn't fit with us talking about it a little while ago. It's better now to kind of close up that topic, right? The treatment of this person who's clearly not himself because of the horrific trauma that he's endured, right? And to watch this kid who's watching this horrific stuff. That he could have been selfish there and been like, "No, fuck you! You killed my best friend," and instead he protected this guy and his incredibly fragile psyche.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if I could have done it.
0: Yeah. I love uh, the other scene with him that I love. It, it, it's right before that when he's like, be careful down there, careful down there. And he's like, he's dead, mate. And he goes, be bloody careful with him. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man.
1: Ooh. Also, man, like, that soldier's gotta realize, he wasn't there on the boat for when it happened, but you kinda gotta get the context there. Yeah. Could you have been 5% more gentle with that situation? Um, I'm sorry, but it, it looks like he's no longer with us
0: well no i think that's important too though because uh, his character kind of comes around in that moment a little bit too because when he he sees the look on his face when he's like then be bloody careful with him and he's like you you see uh, the look on his face changes and then he very gently moves him and covers him with the blanket and it's like i'm not the only one going through some shit
1: yeah (laughs) what i'm saying though (laughs) is like you don't know anything my first assumption when i'm coming on that boat is that's probably his younger brother
0: right you know what i mean.
1: Cause he's not in a fucking uniform. If he was just a soldier, he could have been like, "Hey, man, this guy's yeah. already dead." Like like us but live I, soldiers, he's dressed in civilian gear on this thing. I the, don't think the, he could two, be, the
0: two teenagers. He's not going to be better though. He's not going to be. I don't think he would immediately because like, this guy's been in war. He doesn't. He doesn't realize that this kid. He, like it's just like, oh yeah, just another dead person. He it, and it takes a minute for him to get back to the fact that not everybody's in this war.
1: Yeah.
0: Fighting hand to hand, but. Everybody is affected by it, and it's like it comes full circle. Like it's a it's a split second. The whole thing go you could see it, like the whole scene, yeah. like it just like goes like right through, like oh, and he makes that connection. Yeah, uh, it's 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 good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really well done. No, it was
1: overall it was a good scene. I was just like it was it felt a little weird mm-hmm. to me, but I mean, I, I'm, I, you can take it into context and totally get it because, like you said, he probably has already watched ten friends of his die in the past yeah. couple days. Like,
0: what what do you think of the scene when the boat finally docks, though? And Killian Murphy obviously sees that there's a, a person body. wrapped, and then and quickly turns and walks away.
1: I mean, it made you it's, want to have it's hard. <laughs> either the father or Peter go to him. Yeah, because there's no one there waiting for him. Right, they're landing in some city that none of those men have ever been in. I mean, mm. they're back in England, which is a huge relief to them. But um, they, they're on the train, and um, and Harry Styles is saying, "Where are we? Yeah, like none of them even knows where the hell they are." Yeah. Um, so for any of these guys to be completely alone in this situation, sure, they're like, Okay, well I'm not gonna get shot at. That's great. But where the fuck am I? I don't know anyone here. And it's not even like these guys are all with their own men too, at this point. They've all been shaken up and remixing and everything. Most of these guys, there's four hundred thousand people on that beach. They aren't with their units. Right. They probably don't even know any of the guys other than the fact that they were almost drowning next to each other. So devastating. So for that guy in particular to be left completely alone and Possibly come to the realization, like, oh, not only did I fuck up, but I fuck up and I killed that kid, and then just wander off into the crowd alone. How do you deal with that?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. Uh, on that, on that exact yeah, right, and, and that that scene is is packed with a lot of a lot of this, like of, like everything kind of just like like what do we do now? Like, and where are we? And like, how do we deal with this? Like, all wrapped up into a quick little shot on this little pier. So we get that scene. We also get the scene where the guy in the army bumps Collins, and he's like, "Where were you?" And Mark, which, R- which
1: what the fuck was that about? I don't know. But when
0: Mark Ryan turns around, he taps me and goes, "They know where you were." But I mean, was like, like,
1: oh. like it's not like he was in like jeans. Like, okay, he wasn't wearing infantry uniform, but he's clearly a pilot.
0: No, that's what he's asking. Where was the Air Force? Where was their support? I guess so. That's but what the, he's the asking. The point
1: is, he's coming on this boat with a bunch of guys who they picked up. You don't think that maybe he fucking got yeah. shot down he's, too? He's, he's angry.
0: I don't think anybody's thinking clearly. He was, out for a Sunday, <laughs> he was out for a Sunday
1: cruise, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, every single person who's standing on this pier right now was on a sinking ship at some point. Mm-hmm. Do you think that guy was just along for the ride? Right. He was probably doing some stuff. Like, come on. <laughs>
0: But it, it, it's more his frustration towards why was the air force not there to support them? That's I, what it is. I
1: guess. So it just I don't know. It just seemed like like everyone is clearly in the same boat at that point, huh? Uh, Boo! Unintentional. Um,
0: Unacceptable.
1: <laughs> it can be both. <laughs> so it just seems like an odd note to me. I don't know. That, that seemed that just seemed a little heavy-handed. I love the scene. Well, I, the scene overall? Yes, just that line in particular. I I mean, it's, it's a kudos to. Mr. Dawson is just, um, it was just an odd
0: line to me. That also, like, when they, uh, he's Harry Styles' character, he's, like, so ashamed when they're on the train. I'm curious if that happens without the scene of the, of George being dead on the boat. Um. Because he's, he's gotten that, that's, that's where he got grounded back into, like, what everything, like, what life is like outside of this war. And how it is affecting so many people. And he's very, very much ashamed of himself.
1: I don't know. Um, it's because you, you could see a lot of those guys, not just the ones from the ship, were mm-hmm. feeling that that idea of like the shame. Um, in fact, if you watch the way that that scene goes out, you'd think that the primary feeling is relief—like we're back on solid ground, we're not getting shot at—but the the main feeling seems to be shame. Yeah, we lost. We let people down. We disappointed them. They're gonna be spitting on us in the streets, and it's like. Okay, I understand feeling like shit because you got your asses handed to you and everything like that. But you really think like like that's how shit like this isn't even, even Vietnam. This is well before that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that sort of phenomenon. Like, you think that these people aren't gonna be happy that you're alive? A lot, you're alive. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems it's, odd. Sa- it's sad. Maybe some disappointment, but yeah. do you think it's gonna be hatred, vitriol? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that doesn't seem. These aren't people who turned tail and ran. Right. These are people who were about to be butchered. They had no defense. It's, they were as vulnerable as the civilians themselves at that point.
0: It's it's crazy like
1: more even because they're the ones actually being shot at.
0: Yeah. It's just like this this credit though to Christopher Nolan. It's like he you feel you you totally get every feeling that every character has, like you and it's completely validated by the things that they're going through and the way they deliver it, and it's, really, it's a really well-done movie mm-hmm. because of that. It's, uh, it's... It's so good.
1: There was an interesting choice um, in the making of this movie, um, the structure of it, that I wanted to know your thoughts on. Mm? We never see any German soldiers until the very final scene of the movie. That was interesting. The the closest we come to that is seeing the fighters and the bombers. Yeah. There's a lot of shooting that happens. There's a lot of death that happens. And we, during the course of that whole thing, we literally don't see any German soldiers. Mm -hmm. Really unique way to look at that. Yeah. Because... it, It
0: makes them so terrifying.
1: It makes them so terrifying, but it even goes one step further... This isn't a conflict of British and French versus Germans. This is a conflict of British and French soldiers against time and death itself. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting, because usually most movies or any media, whatever, when there's any sort of central conflict between opposing sides seeks to humanize the other sides, so you understand they're not just faceless monsters. They're people with their own reasons for doing this right mm-hmm. whereas this went completely opposite and it didn't make them face as monsters it made the monsters and the things that you fought not people at all right. you're not concerned with the fact that it is a person because you don't see a single one of the people it's death and time and inevitability itself yeah which was a really unique take in my mind
0: i i yeah i totally get that it's and oh man yeah, it's it's interesting to reflect on that because if you go right back to that that beginning scene, the opening scene of the movie when they're getting shot at, and you don't know where it's coming from.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's you, there's six or eight people, whatever however many guys that were running down the street,
0: dead, dead, and dead, every one, dead, one dead, of them gets shot and
1: killed, but you never see who takes the shot on any one of them. Yeah, there's a scene when they're sitting on the trawler and it's getting lit up and the water is rushing into the ship and it's you don't see a single person take their shots. At first, it just seems like maybe it's one person. Then it seems like an, the entire German army is shooting at them. Right. But either way, it's just them, the boat, the water that's trying to drown them, and the bullets that are trying to kill them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Bullets that are coming from some source that we can't see.
0: And then at the end, when you do see them, they're in a very blurred
1: Yes, the foreground shot. is very much focused on Tom Hardy, who we've mm-hmm. barely talked about, but we're going to have to talk about, I'm yeah. sure. But uh, maybe not just yet. Love that man but we just see basically <laughs> the outlines of two men holding him up
0: yeah was it was two or maybe even a couple more it might have been three or so but like it, there was it, two there it, was one it, on either side okay. of them. i'm sure there I was, was the more one, yeah. but there was. There was they two also of them. had masks on too though right they had didn't they have gas masks
1: i don't know if they did cuz
0: you don't you don't see faces
1: you didn't see the faces um i don't know if they had masks on or not because a couple things one it was focused on him and they were blurry and two there was he burnt his plane so that they couldn't capture it and study yeah. the stuff and turn the, the, the stuff the British. Find against out the, the weaknesses British. and all that. Mm-hmm. So his face is lit up by the flames burning, but the way it shot with the two of them standing behind him, there's serious shadow cast across their figures the way that Lance Armstrong was not covered <laughs> in Tour de Pharmacy. <laughs> right. um, so you can't see their faces regardless because of the way the shadows yeah. fall. So I don't even know if you could see whether there was a mask or not. I don't remember, but it I feel wasn't like you important. Could. The, all that was important was that, again, they're not people... But not because they are dehumanized, but because they don't matter.
0: Right. Ah, that's, that's so good. I, I wonder, though, what I didn't fully understand was why he landed the plane where he landed it.
1: See, I was wondering about that, too, and I think this is the final nail in the whole idea of the timelines. Um, I think he would have rather landed earlier if he could, but he was going to stay up there as long as he could to make sure as many people could get away and there was no more planes coming in to take paw shots. And at that point, remember what the colonel, I don't remember what his name was, James Darcy, um, from Cloud Atlas and stuff, the tall one, mm-hmm. the army colonel, um, when the trawler was getting shot up, he said, <clears throat> wait, they've come around on the east side now it's going to happen any time now the germans had basically taken the beach right so there was no one to defend him there was no safe landing zone for him the germans fully had it the retreat the retreat was fully done
0: i guess i don't know how much time like so we see that you know he he swoops by he he blows that plane out of the air from destroying okay. everybody and ruining this this whole celebration of everybody getting off the beach but and i guess we don't know if he's made a couple more passes after that which he may have
1: he did and also took him time to get his landing gear up that was a really weird hydraulic system where he had to pump it manually unlike planes today where you hit the button and they just flop out he had to physically pop them out of the
0: thing but i was saying more along the lines of like why wasn't he why didn't he just like i don't know crash land in the water or something, or jump out or bail because out Because he did have something. wheels,
1: although in my mind I was like, holy shit, are you going to do this on sand? That seems like the worst surface you could possibly yeah. land on. But Collins took a huge risk landing on the water. Yeah. Like oh, that, yeah, that for sure. That plane's not meant to land that way. For sure. And I think he was afraid of that. I guess that's he, true. I guess he didn't have a parachute because he could have pulled that chute earlier.
0: I also wonder if, it's, if he's saving them a little bit more time by being the focus of attention where he lands. It may
1: have been that as well. Um, that he's a final distraction, so right. that he's a valued piece.
0: And we, had, we had spoken about this. This is the guy that's, that rallies. He's at the end of the night. He's like, one more drink, guys. Yes. Like he's He just keeps doing one more thing. And I've got his, no gas left?
1: I'll stay at another 20 minutes. Like, he, Jesus he, Christ, He guy. accepted his fate, too. He yeah. could have tried to run. He could have even tried to end it for himself. He has like a little smirk the, on his face at the end. Rather than be captured, but instead he stands there and takes it. He's like, I'll do my best. That guy... Cheers. The stones on that guy? Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Um the what I what I wrote down here and what I said to you when we were walking out of the theater is that guy had fucking ice water in his veins. <laughs> Nothing got to him. He was a stone-cold killer. He was a fucking badass. As badass as anyone could be without ever leaving the cockpit until the very last scene. Right. Um he fucking was a hero. Yeah. And unrepentant to the end.
0: He's, he's so crucial to the entire movie yes. <laughs> it's just great oh man I love that scene where uh, he's like Collins is like he's on me and he's just like a second later I I'm on, on him, him. <laughs> and like that way when he has him do the bank and he like lines up the shot on his buddy so that when he banks the other guy's gonna cross the same yeah, line and well he done. And it takes him out I was like Ooh, is that good? It was, it was
1: smart because it was the one thing. As good of a pilot and as ballsy as he was, and as many risks he took, wasn't a great gunner. No, <laughs> he had it, him lined up. I was like, up. lead, bro. Lead. He had him lined up like where he could have let him and just didn't do it. He had to force the lead. There was a time with the bomber where could, he had could not have been more dead to rights and took ten minutes to take him down. Like,
0: who's lining up that shot for the engines, though? I guess so. That's what that scene is.
1: I guess, but I would have just been, at that point... Just like, you
0: would have just been, like, raining well, fire. <laughs> well, two things.
1: One, the bomber, by its own nature, is not nearly as um, maneuverable as his. Uh-huh. So it was never going to shake him. Right. He was so close to it, and he had it completely lined up. Mm-hmm. Spray and pray, to start, would have been fine. Because if he hits one of the engines, then he could take his time to get the other. You know what I mean? Yep. Also, if he spraying it, he could have taken out that tail gunner. Which would have made it a lot easier on him, and he wouldn't have to keep going like this... Cause that tail gunner, gunner almost got him a couple times. If he had just sprayed and hit the dome and killed the guy in the in the the, the gunner like battery, like he, he would have had all the time in the world to shoot
0: him. Yeah, he's a he's a gambling man. Yeah, he's a risky guy, and it all comes like that's very clear in that line where he's like, when he asks his buddy how much fuel he has left, and he's like, "We should go back," and he goes, "Ah, I'm fairly certain it's just the gauge." Oh, no,
1: What? <laughs> so oh, it, <laughs> it, it was yeah. It was uh, you sure you're all right? Oh yeah, I'm fairly certain yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just the gauge. which it was. He clearly mashed it with his knee yeah. doing his maneuvers or whatever. And with you would watch.
0: Oh, I thought it took a round. It looked like it went. Well, he, there was he had some that lit it up did, on the side. Got for in, a but
1: I, 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 feel like it, like that was too mm. precise. I imagined it was him like bashing it with his knee or something like that. I mean, maybe it was that's fair. Way. That's Either that. way, um, and it's a funny line, um, backed by the fact that if you watch them measure their fuel like a couple minutes earlier. There's no way he was out of fuel unless he took a, a round. That right. was really the only thing, like, because this was early in the conflict mm-hmm. for them. Um, but if he had taken around, he probably would have been smoking, right? Because we had seen that with all the other planes that got shot down.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love that is, well, he's like, you know, he's ticking away, writing down how many gallons he has and measuring out where he can. Yeah, that's badass. It's really... While he's
1: flying his plane and shooting people down, he's taking down notes. Yeah. and doing math, <laughs> like, <laughs> ca- <laughs> like calculus. <Yeah. laughs> this is
0: <laughs> great. Oh man.
1: Although I will say that this. Is, Unfortunately, is another role that subscribes to the thing that you've been afraid of, where it's just yet another role of him mumbling. Yeah, it's a shame. But I don't, he's I, I capable don't, of so much more.
0: I I really like him. He's great. I think he's no. Fantastic. He does a good
1: job. It's just like it is. He is becoming weirdly typecast in yeah. that very specific, very odd. Like, why is that a theme? But he
0: he does a weird thing. He's able to carry more presence than somebody that is speaking on screen.
1: Like he's gonna never have to speaking. Talk, he's gonna have to talk when he's Venom, right? Well, maybe not Venom, but Eddie Brock.
0: Yeah, probably. I would imagine. I mean, and he has he has roles where he has. But it's he- been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like his. Like, he, he, the fact that he's able to pull that off, though, and like I said, like and pull so much attention without having any dialogue. I mean, like his in Mad Max, he says like what like two words the whole movie. Like you that's know what I mean? Like well, it's. But he's it works. He's good.
1: Sure. It's just he's capable of more. So I want to yeah, see more. Yeah, that's true.
0: I think I, I, We will I'm sure
1: Like I saw like The movie Lock The movie Lock He is driving For 90 minutes And is talking The whole time
0: Yeah I want to see that It's okay no, still want to see it You
1: should watch it once And Fair. Not, not again Fair But you should watch it once I like him <laughs> No I like him too but That's why I'm saying Like I'm like chafing it Much, like that, like, Must it. dream bigger <laughs> yeah. so, like See like That's a funny line And well delivered You know what I yeah. mean Like He's capable of more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's a good key line. I've I, I caught a little bit of Inception recently, but I haven't seen. It hasn't been. T- it used to be on TV a lot, and it hasn't been on much. Mm. Um, I gotta sit down and just like watch it because yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, and I love that movie.
0: That'd be a That'd be a good movie to to do an episode on.
1: We would definitely have a lot to talk about with that. <laughs> um,
0: do like a taping of that while we're watching it.
1: <laughs> okay, I can do that. I can do that. It'd be fun. Sorry, there was just something I was just thinking of. and um, Oh, sorry. I, I forgot to put it down as a note, but it was something that I did want to kind of just have a quick little chat about. Um, so we got Tom Hardy. We got Killian Murphy. Mm-hmm. And we have Hans Zimmer, obviously. Um, you know, the old Nolan standbys. Yeah. Who are we missing? Michael Caine. Or were we? What? <laughs> do I have to do something right now? Do I have to look through this kit? I don't know if he's credited, but Michael Caine is in that movie. Stop. I'm not going to stop because it's true. When? Oh, he's there. Do you want to keep looking, or do you want me to tell you?
0: I want to. Uh, can you give me give me a hint? Don't tell me right away. Just give me a hint. Something that could make me think of like a scene or.
1: The only hint I can. of a bitch! What is does he see him on there? Yeah, he was his radio
0: communication. Yep. God damn! That's uncredited. The that be- is
1: awesome. The beginning of the movie when, <laughs> when Tom Hardy is talking on the radio to that's him. That's that is beautiful.
0: I love that. So he loves uh, he, he loves his squad. I actually have written down here. I have Christopher Nolan. I have color palette, which we didn't really talk about it, but it's the same color palette for yes. for his like darker movies. Uh, sequencing, which we talked about, IMAX, which we talked about, slash, I have squad. squad. Christopher Nolan's squad <laughs> is listed on my notes. <laughs> That's really funny. I, I did, definitely did not pick up on that.
1: Um, I did, and I, I saw something while we were in the car, um, I was reading a little bit about it, and there was, um, an interview with Nolan, and he dropped it in case anyone missed it. He said... Uh, Yeah, people asked about Michael Caine. He wasn't like you know in the movie. You know we know you know like Killian and and uh, Tom Hardy were, um, but Michael Caine did a few lines for us as the radio operator for the RAF. That's great. Because it's a it's a Nolan movie, so Michael Caine has to be in it.
0: Christopher Nolan loves Michael Caine. He does. It's really fun. How do you not love Michael Caine? That's this is true. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Phony (laughs) branka.
1: Some men just want to see
0: the world burn. Uh He's great. Um, one, of the, there was one scene that's a. There's a lot of scenes in the movie that are just like they, t- they they take their time with them. They're just like a slow, like let you get a lay of the land when when not when there's no crazy action happening, and it's all terrifying. And one particular scene is when the guy is helmet off, belt off jacket off. And he just walks into the water to die. And it's just like,
1: yeah, I kind of questioned that too. I was like, oof. there was a whole bunch of guns in that beach, man. That's a way better way to go.
0: Yeah. maybe, it, but it's like something I I don't know. It's like is it maybe in his mind? It's like it's not so much of a of a like maybe he's he's just going to try to swim home. He's obviously not going to, but maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's just swimming home. Like I
1: I mean like I guess I don't know.
0: I love the. I also love that scene where they they have the are carrying the stretcher and they go over the board and they're they're all cheering for them when they get over that one plank of wood. That that's, was kind of cool scene. So yeah. Make
1: a run at it. Yeah. and they all cheer. Yeah, That it would be all fucking have, terrifying.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Oh my god, it would be so good. I gotta I gotta got see it again. Um, this is
1: another one where I, I need some space. Like I don't know how you saw it twice in a week. Like that would be. be I was
0: really excited to see it in IMAX. That's what it was.
1: Well, true. Um, so that certainly was. Uh, but for me, like.
0: I will... The next time I see this movie, I it'll be when I own it. Yeah. I say I want to see it again, but I I, I will wait until I own it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, I need a few months. Maybe it'll pop up on HBO or something, mm-hmm. and, like, that like at that point, maybe like, I'll probably want to watch it at some point, but...
0: We... The, that torpedo scene, we didn't really talk about that mm-hmm. that much. We talked about, like, the aftermath of that torpedo scene. When you hear the shouting off the side of the boat, and you don't know what's happening, and then you finally, the word comes clear that it's torpedo, and you just see as it's coming towards no, the boat no not just
1: that let's backtrack <sighs> like five minutes like they did the horn on the thing because they were chipping off and it was like a, a celebratory thing yeah there was guys literally cheering on the side of the boat and then you see the torpedo moving to the water and hear the shouts from out on the water yeah. that was fucked up
0: I do think it was interesting though that the two characters uh, I'm going to keep calling them Tommy and Harry because I don't know what Harry's name was in the movie <laughs> I forget. Um, but uh, they, it's like let's like look for a quick way out in case something. If, in case we go down, and they move over to the door.
1: N- no, that he was explaining. That's what the French. That's
0: guy what was. I thought the first time I watched it. That's not what he's saying. He says, he's, "What's wrong he, with your friend?" He, said he, he he's like, looking for a quick way out. No, he goes. He looks. He he asks that question. He looks around the room. He gives him a shrug and he says, "Let's look for a quick way out in case the boat goes down." He's and they and they move. Sure yeah, I'm certain because then they move towards the door and they look up at it and they stay there. And yeah, that's how they end it'll... up getting out.
1: Well, because it took them a while to get out, though. So
0: it, it did, but it took them. It took the door a while to open. It must have been pitch black in there.
1: Close enough. Yeah. You know,
0: so it took the, when the door opened, they see the light. Yeah, and they're close enough. That there, that's why they make it out. Many, many other people did not. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. That scene with the oil is also terrifying. Yeah, when the when the oil goes up, I was like, ooh. Oh, oh, One other scene that I forgot about. When he, when uh, Papa Doss is on the <laughs> boat and he, uh, he guides them so that when the fighters come to cool. shoot them down and he like tells them exactly when to pull and like avoid getting shot, it's like that, how'd you, that's when you find out that his son was uh, Yeah. he's like, how'd you, how'd, you, um, how'd you know he was going to do that? He goes, my son was one of you a lot. I knew he'd come around to see us off or something like that. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh man, I this movie was just fantastic. Christopher Nolan does it again. <laughs> as, just that's per usual. Do You have any other notes? Any uh, other no, things? I
1: I got up uh, all the ones that I had on here. So
0: you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. good. Can't wait! Can't wait to see what his next movie is gonna be.
1: His next movie? Yeah, it's gonna be a couple of years. I don't care. That's fine. Because usually, he, usually he kind of announces it around the time it's coming out, right? What he's gonna embark on next, or like soon after.
0: Yeah, I just. I, this one. Was so I remember a, him
1: kind of announcing this like around the time that *Interstellar* came out.
0: Right, and then I just like I, I guess I had completely like lost track of it because you know because it takes a while, and yeah. I appreciate the time that he takes his time to make these movies. Oh
1: sure. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. Check out spinchoon.com each week for a new episode and a random article. You don't ask for them. We're gonna give them to you. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time,
1: cheers.